What's up, kids? Welcome to Poolside Chats with Dom and Chris, the show where we talk about everything from music production to the spiritual side of music creation. I am Chris. And I am Dom. And here we go. All right, we are rolling. I can obviously cut out whatever in the beginning, but... Yes, you can. I think I have that capability. I think I'm... I just learned how to do... uh, basic editing moves in Ableton. Did so you know? I think it's possible. You're evolving your game. So this, I might need to get something stronger. Yeah, dude. My drugs, I need stronger drugs. I guess that'll work for right now. All right, Zen, I'm gonna share this space with you here. Do you have your dog on your side? I do. I have my dog, where they're do. color coding. They're they color coded to what our sweatshirts, which is funny. They are, that is Very yin and yang. Very yin and yang. Indeed. Are you are you more of a yang man or a yin man? Ah oh, man, I, I flip flop, you know, it's hard to it's hard to decide. Some days I'm all about Jesus the yin. Zen, <laughs> Zen the couch <laughs> is not is the is not really uh well he doesn't know in, in all the couches that we have in You the mean house. he doesn't know what us humans are trying to accomplish? He at does this not. He does not. <laughs> oh maybe I'll just go like this and I can lay back. Like, yeah, I'm I, I'm definitely posting it up. Let me see here. Let me see how I can it's angle. nice. How I can how I can angle this. So let's pull this in a little, like so. And well, while he's getting that adjusted, I'm up. just gonna say, uh, welcome back. Um, it's gonna if so, if you're one of the few people who have been following week by week up until this point, it's gonna have only been a week. But um, the uh, this is our 11th podcast, and it's been a few weeks for us because we have been helping Christopher here. Moving to a new location. I've been moving. I have been moving. Sorry about all the uh, the noise here. Oh, nah, there don't we go. matter. Oh, look at that. You like that, Dom? Oh, I gotta say, guys, I am. <laughs> I am currently. Um, I got my feet up on the table. I'm laying back on a couch. My dog is draped over one of my shoulders, laying on top of the couch, and I got the mic hanging above me as if it was like hanging from a ceiling fan to talk to you guys. So this is this is great. This is much better than the stool. The stool was good, don't get me wrong, but this just has a whole new level of comfort. Oh, so I'm gonna take a sip of some tea and we're gonna get rolling tonight. We've got uh, some cool stuff to talk about. I believe we, uh, Dom and I, in the spirit of our studio rebuild with the new Continuum location, have been talking a lot about studio setup and design and, you know, what gear to put where, where the acoustic treatment should go. And we thought, why not talk about our, our stories with our first studios and, and what we had and, you know, how we evolved into the studios we're at today. So, uh, Dom, I'll, I'll let you uh, take the floor. All right. Well, um, I guess my first quote-unquote uh, studio, as most people, um, could fit inside a uh, backpack known as a 13-inch laptop, <laughs> um, and uh, that was basically it. You know, I got um, uh, Ableton running uh, through my laptop sound card into what was super expensive at the time, my Audio Technica. AT50s. Oh yeah. Which I still have and use as those my are, Those are great headphones. They're not necessarily the best for referencing, but they are for me because they I've had them for years. And they're they're cost effective. Oh yeah, which is always break. nice. Yeah. And I yeah. they haven't break, broke yet. I nice. have but since then I bought some just get a little side checked. I bought some uh 
Bay Air Dynamic. Um, so, I don't know. They're like 250 bucks. Can't remember what exact model, but they've broken since. Mm. And the, the woofers kind of got all messed up or something. Maybe I dropped them. I don't know, but I've definitely dropped the Audio Technicas many times and it did not phase them one bit. Nice. Um, but it'd be funny if I listened to a new set of them and mm. it actually sounded way better. And then I've just been so used to it degrading over time that right. I haven't noticed. Right, right. That's a possibility. That is a possibility. I haven't listened to any new ones since. So um, I might have to check that out. <laughs> I might be destroying my ears with some super distorted sound that I can't realize, but I doubt it. I doubt it too. But anyways, that that is, so we'll kind of go back and forth. And uh, so that was my very first version of a studio. We'll kind of build on there. So we'll, what yeah. was Cool. Uh, mine was a, I was, uh, 15 and my neighbor was wanting to upgrade his computer and I asked him if I could have his computer. So it was a PC desktop with a whopping, get this guys, 256 megabytes of RAM. <laughs> I thought you were going to say of space, <laughs> of hard drive space. No, I think I had maybe 10 gigs on the hard drive, maybe 20 or something like that. But yeah, a whopping 256, might have been 128 gigabytes of RAM. But I was running um, my guitar, my Squire Stratocaster, that blue one that's hanging on the wall right there. Uh, I ran that out of a quarter inch cable into an eighth inch headphone jack, that headphone jack right into the headphone jack on the front of the computer. And I used a version that I got from a friend of Sony's Acid Pro. I think it was three was where I started. Yeah, that's a, it was almost like the original Ableton. My uh, cousin made so many loop beats, like beats that were just made from Mm pre-made loops um, on there. And I have a full album that he did from just Sony Acid stuff. Nice, Uh, nice. not the best sounding DAW. No. No, that's a joke. Um, but <laughs> Not better than Pro Tools, bro. I know, some Pro people, Tools some people say that DAWs have a sound. They don't. Um, they don't. And I, there's something about them making you work a different way that makes you perceive them as having a different sound. Right. Because, for instance, in Logic, I'll throw the kicks or any um, just one-shot samples directly onto the... Uh, um, edit window like without using a plugin mm. but in Ableton I go through their sampler and so that in itself going through another series of algorithms and programming might give it a different sound and that might all attribute to it being a different sound mm. so not inherently with the way it's set up but um, I don't know there's actually some research out there I think to show that DAWs might have a different sound but um, that's getting into like uh, what could what would be a good analogy for that I don't know this like the theoretical physics side of it but um i don't have a good analogy. that no one really cares about right but uh right people will talk about once in a while but anyway so you yeah. said that you had sony acid and yeah. a it was a desktop right it was desktop pc yeah. windows Laptops mo- weren't that mo- windows 98 was the operating system professional windows 98 professional great great operating system it was one of the best windows operating systems ever yeah, yeah. i mean the only problem is it's just archaic now but right um, right Windows used to be solid, super solid. Yeah, when Millennium came out and they started that really- That was the worst. That was really bad. That My dad really bad. had that on a computer in the back room of our house and it was like, I didn't know anything about computers and I knew it was bad. Yeah. It just looked cheesy starting it up. It was Windows really gimmicky. Me, me Millennium. Yeah, that's why is they they drifted. The, the 98 platform and the 95 platform were really good and the professional platform was a really uh, stripped down version, you know, great OS X, you know, behind it. Um, and then they, they switched it over to try to, I think windows started copying Mac a little bit with like a little bit more of the, 
the curved outlines mm-hmm. and making it a little bit more well, that was with to like the XP. eye, not so businessy. Yeah, X, XP was huge. Well, yeah. XP was great. Yeah, XP XP came in to abolish Millennium, um, and then XP was pretty good. But yeah, I can actually talk about this because I hadn't switched to Mac yet at this point. Because this is this was still like you're talking about stuff I used in school when I was growing up. Yeah, which, yeah. Uh, I can still like I'd I was fine using PCs back then and didn't really know any different, but. It's funny because I I didn't even actually know Mac was a computer until I was older because when I was in grade school all the this because Mac was pretty much exclusively sold machines and to, all to, the Mac users were getting killed off back then too quick before you could find out what it was. Well, I mean I don't know about all that, <laughs> but I know that Apple pretty much survived by selling to education facilities, so they pretty much made computers directly for schools. So like all my learning how to type classes and everything were all done on Mac. So it's interesting because I I didn't even correlate Mac, you know before the age of probably 16 or 17 with music production. So I was on that. And then I, I switched over later out of acid and got on cakewalk sonar. Mm. Uh, that was before I think sonar bought it out. I think it was just cakewalk at that point. They might've been their own company. cookwalk cookwalk. Yeah. And cakewalk was good. But I mean, as a guitarist, I mean, I didn't do drums in any of those softwares. I was just for, you know, I was a 15 year old kid, 16 year old kid in his room and I was in band. So that was more of my computer to write songs, scratch track on workout leads and, you know, stuff like that. Cause I had looper pedals, but I, I like the process of going in with a chord progression and getting to loop that chord progression and track what I was doing simultaneously. So that worked out pretty well. But my evolution um, went to, I, I had a friend build me a custom PC when I was 17 and I was running Nuendo on that, uh, Steinberg's Nuendo. And mm-hmm. that's when I b- bought my first mixing board, which was a, um, I, I guess now that I think about it, the, the real start to my studio life was a Tascam four track tape recorder. Yeah, so that I mean it's kind of good we started with the computers because this day and age right. people aren't starting with that but right. to be honest too like the first time I did um recordings on my own was a Tascam 8 track digital so mm. that's the difference is mm. I was quite a bit after you right. but my version was an 8 track digital one and not a tape recorder That's cool. Um but if my brother was here, he would say the same thing as you. Probably. He actually, yeah. I think you would say a karaoke machine that his friends and I figured oh, nice. out how to record too. <laughs> nice. Very nice. So that's but. cool. Yeah, the, the tape machine was was crap. It's funny because the Beck album, Odelay, was recorded on that exact machine, that two hundred dollar four track Tascam tape machine. So I mean, he's just a hell of a musician. But um I think that, you know, the first Mixer I got was actually another Tascam mixer. This is when I got into American River College. I've been touring with some bands for years. Like wanted to kind of get out of playing live and get more into um, the recording side of things. So the first mixing board I bought. So I was on the the custom PC uh, with a Motu. So I bought the Motu interface, the twenty four hundred eight Mark three. I think it was. It was an eight channel with uh, additional eight at channels. I think it did up to twenty four digital channels, uh, eight analog channels. And I ran that. It had a PCI card, a massive card that went into my PC. Mm-hmm. And then I ran that with a Tascam DM24, which is a 24-channel digital mixer, the same one that's on the ground in the studio right now. Do you still have any of your old recordings? Yeah, I do, actually. In fact, I um, have a disc. And uh, on the disc is all my old stuff from 2002 like to 2000. Yeah, right. <laughs> it would be a floppy disk. One of the old school. No, ones it's on. It's on floppy. a. It's on a burn CD. Um, back then, I was really into bands like uh, Stained and Metallica and um, 
a lot of heavier stuff uh, too, like uh, the Slayers and stuff like that. So the music that I wrote was like a cross between like the the more depressed Stained Rock, like the first two albums of Stained, and then into the 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 more like modern age Metallica, like Metallica is getting on the Berta classic now, but essentially that, that shift that Metallica made once they wrote the black album in 91, like more of like away from the really fast speed metally stuff into the more like hard rock kind of stuff. So that's what a lot of my older stuff was. I was actually planning on um, going back and like, you know, learning the songs and then redoing them, but I just, I never got yeah, around to it. And that has always been a, a dream of my brother too, but yeah, it's it was such a in the moment thing back then, and it's it's such a fun idea to do that. But actually trying to implement it, there's always something that you'll be missing. Absolutely, it's a lot of bands have tried to do that too. They'll like go to redo a track for an album, like because demo when you redo demos right. and stuff. But sometimes you just lose the mag- magic that was yep. there in the first place. Yep. And so, but just for fun, like if it doesn't take you a long time, but I know you're not very free on time these days no no um but yay i mean someday you'll have your uh midlife crisis and right make yourself a lot of free time and just it's it's possible (laughs) i mean i think you you nailed it with the magic part because i think that when i the state of mind i was in from 16 18 was the polar opposite of where i am exactly yeah so i couldn't capture the essence of those recordings so now you know i used to look at it like what a waste of good music that i never got to share with people but now I listen to them once every couple of years as like to see my evolution and the genres and theory and production just to see how far I've come and to know that's where it all started. So for me, it's more of a, a reminder, like a keepsake than anything else. But yeah, I, I, all I, the early stuff's very fun though. Oh yeah. To listen to anyone's earlier stuff. Oh, yeah. always fun. Yeah, I agree. So yeah. Where did you go? Um, where'd you go after that? So, so you went from I'm, the laptop to where I'm on laptop on my sound card. And then, um, I got the uh, duet that we're using right now oh, to yeah. record this. Yeah. Um, then I was still, I man, it's so it's so nice to be able to take your studio wherever you go. Right. Um, there's such a freedom to having very few equipment, pieces mm-hmm. of equipment, and being able to just create whenever. Because I, I had my laptop and my duet and my uh, Audio Technica headphones with me all, everywhere when I went to school. You know, when I was supposed to be getting A's, but I was getting B's and making music. <laughs> right. right. Um, hey, at least you got B's. I was getting C's. So you, you, you won up me. So good yeah, for you. I mean, in college, I mean, cause especially like my early years of college, like I was, uh, at that point I was getting C's and making music cause it wasn't as easy just to coast through. But, right. um, yeah. So the duet, um, then we started getting like, a little bit of outboard gear, meaning that I, we like both of us have always had guitar pedals being guitarists, right? Yep. Um, and so then I started implementing those into the signal mm. chain by getting, we talked earlier, the patch bay, mm-hmm. um, which was actually my brother's old patch bay from when he had the, yeah, the warehouse studio. And then, um, we got, I got, um, a reamper. Mm. And then, so then I had outboard gear at that point. Nice. And, uh, that was just, and that I wasn't really, I mean, cause I wasn't mixing back then. It was just, uh, for fun. Like, I don't even think I actually used, but like I, I started getting used to needing to be at a desk to kind of create a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then because yeah, analog sense kind of came here and there too, but, um, that's not, we're trying, let's just talk about like actual studio stuff, yep. like for recording and, yep. um, if we, yeah, we can just talk about a digital sense, I guess at that. Yeah, because then we'd have um, to talk about guitars about and yeah, pianos, yeah, exactly. and yeah, for sure. But um, 
yeah, just kind of like progression up to where we are now. But yeah, so that's that's the um, reamper to get to the point is definitely what started making me sit down mm. um, and get used to not just taking everything everywhere to because I'm creating sounds using an external thing. I mean, it would be fun to s- sit in my uh, uh, college library and uh, have a full like reamping setup and yeah. <laughs> plug yeah. in the guitar amp to the I mean, yeah the amp to the wall and stuff, but. And pedals uh yeah yeah um, no pedals are great i i've got a nice pedal collection but i've actually never really used them for the recording process like i i aspired to at one point people love your big sky for um that's a great synth, pedal synth uh it's kind of grainy and digital yeah but like a lot of synth guys love it because of that really yeah i'll start implementing yeah because i that's the reason i bought that that was the most recent and the last pedal i actually bought i bought it two and a half years ago for that reason, because I wanted the nice pedal that I could also use in the digital domain because it does 96K and stuff like that. So it's cool. like, yeah. No, I'll definitely have to try that. We'll definitely have to hook that up when we're hooking up the studio. That'd be cool to save a couple TRSs Shoot, for yeah. that. Yeah. Where, um, I'm going to have to think of what the how it escalated from there. Keep going, though. Uh, we're talking about stomp boxes. So, yeah, I never really integrated my stomp. And I probably got about 30 or 40 um, of decent ones. But I, I always liked having my stomp boxes in my chain because my... My guitar, I got before I really, so I, I pretty much I got out of the the eighteen environment with the Tascam and the PC, right? So what I did then yeah, is, I yeah, I got I got a MacBook Pro laptop, and I really got it because I started getting into DJing. Yeah, and I wanted to like learn the Apple system, so I was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna buy the computer and learn OS X." You know? Yeah. So I I screwed it up several times, downloading the wrong things, you know, having fun, just like learning the software and whatnot. And then the first interface that I got into was uh, the Apogee Ensemble. So I bought that, got a copy of Logic Pro. Uh, I, I was in school at that time at AR and I was learning, we were learning Logic and we were being taught version five. So it was weird. They were weird. teaching Logic at AR? Yeah. The MIDI course was, oh, was Logic. Oh, crazy. Because yeah. Ableton and Reason, was, were, they, were they out yet? No, not yet. So wow. Logic Logic wasn't even called Logic then. It was called Imagic or, yeah. or something. I, I actually forget the name. It was the company was Imagic, I don't but think I forget Apple even bought it yet. No, they hadn't. It was still it was still under the Imagic brand. Um so I was at home, I had mine with the Apogee Ensemble, and then at school I was actually learning uh in the recording engineers program on a Toft board, um a sixteen channel Toft board into ADAT machines. And everything was done through that. There was nothing digital. There wasn't even a computer in the room. So that took me through probably about 22. So if that four years was that. And then the first piece of gear, because at that point I was doing, I was still doing rock and I was still doing live stuff. So I was running at that point. I now integrated the Tascam into the mix. So I did the Mac with the Ensemble Firewire and the Tascam I ran through ADAT connections and then tracked with the Tascam. And that okay. pretty much got me through the next couple of years. Cool. Um, yeah, it's I, I really like this because I'm definitely more of a new age growth because this my story is definitely going to be a lot more realistic for right. like because I exactly. started with just the laptop and yeah. the duet which people can still buy. Yeah. I mean, this wasn't exactly. that long ago. I'm not yeah. very old, but um, then just yeah, it's cool to hear like what you had to start out with, um, and like what was available basically. Right. Right. I mean, it's not that you were shortchanging yourself because it was like then <laughs> the price gap of from poor to good was of equipment was really really big back in the day they didn't have all like we're so it's so luxurious now that you can go to guitar center or like sweetwater or any 
pro audio place and they just have like really cheap and then every increment on the way right up until like you get to the stuff where you're like i can't imagine ever owning that right um right but back in the day it was like okay you have this price point or you're gonna spend the buku bucks to get the hd system which was basically all you had back then right um as far as like good uh quality because they're still using tape machines and like the high-end converters were just ridiculously expensive mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but um yeah so i pretty much settled with that sys setup for a long time it was just like all in the box um had the apogee duet um oh monitors were a big thing um mm. we haven't even talked about those yeah because yeah, that's a huge a lot of people want to know about monitors so mm-hmm. Um, cause I was talking about my headphones, but I definitely wasn't using headphones all the time. Cause then that's monitors are of course a reason why you would start just sitting down more at a certain place and location. And, um, the first monitors, oh, HS eights, Yamaha HS eights. Great monitors. Yeah. Um, Great starting monitors. I haven't heard them in so long. I actually have some just sitting in my room and I'm so curious just to plug them in and see how they sound yeah. now. Yeah. It'd be interesting. I would actually plug them in and run them as a as because your grace gives you the option for three sets of monitors. I, I believe. but I also have those. Um, I have like some small PreSonus ones that I think would be more realistic because mm. they are really small footprint and they also just give me like they're basically like um, flatter KRK fives like mm. Rocket fives. Yeah. yeah, and so um, that would be a little bit more realistic. Just an actual better reference, yeah. like just completely different system. So you're saying Rocket 5s are not flat? <laughs> That's news to me. Yeah. Yeah, the HS8s are great. Um, I got very lucky um, when I first got a pair of monitors. I, for a couple oh, of years... Yeah, you're barefoots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I sold those. Yeah, they sucked. Yeah, ha, 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 I mixed on Bear Dynamic headphones oh, for a long time. Oh, you said you started with the butt. No, like, no, no, no. I started with the Bear Dynamic. I still have the Bear Dynamics to this day. They're the closed uh, back ones. Uh, I thought they're the, like the velvet, you know, things. Huh. So I, it's... Oh, you're talking about... Headphones. Oh, headphones. I was like, yeah. Bear Dynamics? No, those, those, are my, those are my main monitors for the first year or so um, I didn't have any speakers at all when I was working on the laptop. And then what I did is I I got a pair of their Alesis's and the model is the DSP 820s. And they're, they're a very strange monitor. Uh, you don't see them very often. They got discontinued after a couple of years, but I love them. Um, back when I got them, they were a thousand bucks per monitor. And the reason why was this, the the college that I was going to ran Alesis's as the main monitors. And I thought they sounded really good. I, back then, I didn't really know what I was listening for anyways, you know? So I was just like, oh yeah, Alesis, cool. I'll get a pair of those. Uh, but what they did is they had two models. They had a, a small version, and the big version. I got the big version and they allowed you the ability. Did you have to be a certain height to use one or the other? You did. Yes. So I, like I the cleared. Smaller people in the class had to use the smaller they ones. They did. Yeah. There was, there was a lot of prejudice uh, yeah. with Elise's monitors. They didn't. Yeah. They, Especially back then. Oh know? yeah. Oh yeah. Um, you had to deal with slavery and a lot of other Absolutely. things. Absolutely. No, it, now we're in the era of retributions for yeah. that. So at least this is paying, you know, top dollar and a lot of, <laughs> a lot of litigation. But um, yeah, th- these were great because what they gave me the ability to do is they they modeled eight different speaker companies. So like preset one, it had like a digital screen on it. They were active monitors and they were, I want to say like seven inch uh, woofers. They had their own reverb. <laughs> they, no, they didn't have their own. Their, that would <laughs> their be, that would be. That, yeah, yeah. They had plates and halls. Yeah, they 
did it all. Your perfect soundproofing right? is keeping your monitors from shining. Right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Whatever you guys want to test your mixes, always run it through a heavy reverb. That'll yeah. really tell you what's going on. No, it was cool because like preset one was Elisa's, preset two was JBL, preset huh. three was KRK. Uh, preset four was like Aventone. So nothing good yet. No, no. <laughs> all low end, all low end monitors. But what it allowed me to do as a mixing engineer, mixing in a very small bedroom at that time, was have the ability to, to at least hear what my mixes would sound like on other speakers, which is really critical. And it also had EQ within the speakers, so I could easily just tilt the bass down a little yeah. bit if I wanted to hear the mix differently or bandpass the whole thing like an Aventone. So they were really great. Um, and I actually didn't mix in the flat position for a long time I found a setting I couldn't tell you guys which one it was that I liked because it really hyped no I just don't remember yeah (laughs) I I want to say it was preset three whatever like like there's a a thousand people out there with those exact same monitors no one has those no one has those (laughs) monitors I mean I I can see I look for them from time to time just see how much they're worth because I'm always curious how gear either appreciates or depreciates and you can get a set of these guys for like five or six hundred bucks in great condition and they're if they're beat up you can probably get them for like four hundred but they're they're great monitors for a start because they afford so many options. In yeah. fact, I just sold that pair about a year ago. Um, so I, I had them for the longest time. And even though I wasn't using them, I kept them. But I used that set of monitors for no joke 10 years. And I easily could have upgraded at any time, but I'll, I'll pass it back over to you because I want to hear like what you're thinking. But the reason I didn't is I just knew them so well. Yeah. And I just felt like my my room was never perfect. I never had sound treatment or anything. So it's like I figured, why invest in monitors if my room sucks and I know them? I'm like, it just doesn't make sense. I'll, I'll wait till later when the, the appropriate timing kind of pops yeah. up. I didn't know shit. Um because you said you knew them very well. I didn't know monitors at all. I didn't know it was possible to get to know monitors because, I mean, I I started with all this, like, very young. Like, I did it because it was a hobby, and it was just made me happy, you right. know? I wasn't thinking technically like I am now. Like now, no, I neither know, was I. Yeah, but now yeah. I know the importance of, like, getting... I. At that point, anyone could have thrown any monitors in front of me as long as there was as much bass as the monitors I had before. Right. I would be like, cool. <laughs> you know, I Touché. wouldn't be like... That is why I love the Elisa yeah, exactly. They had super so like, killer hyped bass. Like literally every monitor since then was, oh, this represents the bass better. Right. You know, because like HS8s are pretty big, um, but yeah. they're... Um, they're still not like booming, I don't think. I actually I don't know. I haven't heard them for a long time. All I remember is that the next set of monitors I acquired were some Bayer not Bayer Dynamics. You got me on the Bayer Bayer Dynamic train. The um, uh, Dyna Audios. Oh, the Dyna. Yeah. I had a pair and, of What did then, what um, did you think of those? I had a pair of those for a month and I didn't like them. We got a matching sub which I still have. Oh, okay. And That's actually a big implemented difference. again. Yeah. But yeah, so it was it was smaller speakers so they're like everything just got a little bit clearer. Right. And then I had the designated sub. Gotcha. But um yeah, we can talk about subs later if we yeah. have time. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah that's, so that's where I went. Nice. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, so to me, it was much better just because of that reason. I yeah. was like, oh, man, I was just, you know, thought I was producing the best electronic music in the world. and um, Which you were, was. obviously. Yeah, yeah but my hard, my hard drive crashed, and then uh, I lost all of it, and it would have been gold. 
Ah, story of my life, bro. Story of my life. That's yeah. why we're sitting here on my couch doing you, you podcasts. No, man, I could have, I could have made it. I'm sure I you could, bro. I was 16. Oh, I'm sure. All the ambitions. I'm everyone's sure. Ambitions. I'm sure. Yeah, that's everybody's story, bro. I've it's had everybody's quite a story. few monitors. Then where'd you go from that? Uh, you just went straight to your gens, probably. Straight huh? to the Genelex. Yeah, I because my the room name of your documentary straight to the straight gens. to the gens. <laughs> yep, that's how. It, and that's yeah, absolutely. And it's J instead of G, <laughs> by the way. And it's actually about all your past relationships right. <laughs> with girls named Jen. Right. I, there's been a few, actually. Um, not relationships, quote unquote, but Jens that have passed in that of my life. You guys, you guys. Oh, you're such a hussy. Ah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. There was a time, Dom. There, there was a time. Um, but yeah, no, like what I did is I, I was essentially in a, a two bedroom house and I had my studio in the house, you know, laptop, Apogee, uh, Lisa's. And then, I started managing bands for a little while. Um, so what I was going to say earlier when we were talking about guitar amps and stuff is when I, I was at a transition point, like I didn't know if I wanted to pursue the studio and invest my money and time there, or if I wanted to play in bands and, and be a guitarist still. So I wound up joining a couple cover bands. We played some shows, um, got to play at a blues festival in Sacramento, which is pretty cool, pretty big deal. And my obsession for a couple of years became guitar amps. So I essentially wanted, you know, um, cause I, I'm, I'm more of a Fender Strat kind of guy and I wanted an amp that gave me like the low end of a Fender Bassman with the upper end of a deluxe reverb. So I wound up buying both and then using an amp splitter to split those amps. And that became the focal point of my life for a couple of years. So I went on a pedal craze and I bought gear thinking, okay, how am I going to integrate this gear into the studio? And that was kind of my initial plan. Like you actually use a lot of your guitar gear in your studio even today. Yeah. And that was always an aspiration of mine that never kind of came true. So it could still happen. It could. No. And I it's believe just, you haven't, I believe you it will. Been, you haven't done it yet. Like exactly. I'm, I'm used to that whole mentality of like, let's throw a guitar pedal on it right you know and just you just haven't totally and i even bought you know a really nice reamping box too that's your problem that thing's way too confusing it's way you too don't, confusing. like I, I grab my radial reampers and i'm like yeah. i know how to use this yeah because no, every time sure. you use that thing you're like okay how do i do this yeah. again literally yeah. like we spent way too long trying to figure it out i know i even have like designated 500 series rack reampers now right that are like plug and play so no i, I want to get those too it's funny you mentioned that because yeah. like They're i actually cheap. There, you can get some radial the ones. Radio ones. Yeah. Yeah, the, the radio ones. Yeah. I would get the ecstasies. Yeah. 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 No, that's that's my goal because I do want to get into that. And I just haven't I haven't really made the time for it because it's just a time and a workflow thing. So I do want to migrate to that. But what I was saying is I, I decided to quit the bands and I, I stopped doing going to college. I graduated and I didn't want to go into the studio. And I thought that was going to be the end of the studio. I thought the rest of my life was going to be a nice home project studio, laptop based, in the box, nice interface, nice speakers. And that was it. So I wound up managing bands for a year and a half and getting into the more business side of things. And I was renting a room at uh, a warehouse where 85 bands practice. So I was like managing their schedule and, you know, essentially getting them paid, getting them gigs. And then I just got tired of dealing with the egos and the attitude and everything. And I was like, fuck it. So I, I dropped all the bands and I decided to build a recording studio. So that's the location I was at for five years. And that room, what it consisted of was the Elisis monitors, mm -hmm. um, the Apogee ensemble. And then I worked off. So I had my laptop and then I had a 42 inch like LED TV and I brought a leather lazy boy recliner in there. So I would like sit in the recliner with a MIDI controller on my lap. I would have the mouse, the keyboard, the interface and work off a laptop and have it projected off the screen. And that's how I worked for two years. 
Cool. Yeah. Since, I mean, my story from here on out has like a lot of different renditions and stuff. So, um, I'm just for the sake of time and stuff. Yeah. I'm just going to stick it to the stuff that actually had a big impact. Nice. Cause I think that will help, you yeah. know, because yeah. of all my trial and error, um, of what actually works. So the, from here on out, like upgrading my interface again, um, uh, to like, I was the next inner upgrade was just the, uh, Apogee symphony. And at the reason why that unit is so perfect, at least when I got it, um, acquired it, it was, uh, it had eight ins and eight outs, but, um, it's pretty expensive unit, but yeah. I mean, with only those ins and outs, it's modular is what I'm getting at. And, um, now it's finally upgraded to 32 ins and, or 32 outs and 16 ins for all of the hardware. But, um, that was able to be bought later, but it was the same unit. Right. So, but what's cool about it being the same unit is that everything's connected in a way to where it's already in place. So all you have to do is basically just slide the card in. Right. And then you're just used to having the same thing, the same, you know, Maestro, what we're using right now yep. for Apogee. But, yep. um, so then, uh, getting like of anything, the monitors that I have now, um, monitors and a nice interface, which basically means nice converters because I'm not really doing much recording. So I just have some outboard preamps for that. Um, but those are like the biggest things. Um, if I could strip down my studio and sacrifice everything but a couple of things, um, it would be my monitors and my interface probably. Yeah, I would agree. But I mean, I, not computer aside. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, of course you can like, let's see. I, I think I would I would skip the interfaces because those are so replaceable and they get better each year. I would I would say I would say swap that out with the my acoustic treatment. I would rather take that. Oh, let's say like room aside too. Thing. Oh, okay. Well, if that's the case, then yeah. Because like oh, but that's something else. Like that was another because I mean we could go because I'm in a different facility now too than my bedroom. Yeah. You know, so that and that's like way better treated. So that's a it's a whole nother can of worms, really. Right. Um, but yeah, once you get into a space that's better treated than your old space, each oh, yeah. time you're just game like, changer. how was I even dealing with that? It's laughable. Like yeah. you actually laugh to yourself that you actually worked in that kind of environment for as long as you did. I know that I did. You yeah. Know, you it's, just, uh, it's just, um, an innocent ignorance. Yeah. Um, well, you don't know any better. Yeah, how exactly. could you compare and contrast unless you're, cause it's one thing to go to a treated room and say, okay, this sounds really good. But to hear your music in your room, like that's a yeah. whole different story. I mean, it's different if it's denial, you know, right. which you which, know about yeah. it, but a lot you of just times it is to, right. but yeah, it's just my whole early career and I'm still in my early career, which is great. I love it. But, um, earlier than now, it was all just ignorance, right? you know, but yeah. blissful ignorance Ignorance is bliss is that a perfect is. saying because everything's just great. And then the more you know, the more things start to suck because you're just like, oh. but you have to remind yourself that everything you have at the moment is exactly what you're supposed to have. Yep. And, and it's all you need. If you really want anything better or if you truly feel that getting something better will help you in your career or what you want to do artistically, then it will manifest itself in one way or another. And, uh, you will find a way to use what you have to make that happen mm -hmm. because to make good enough stuff to make an impact these days is not expensive. It's just ridiculous how cheap it is. It is. And you know, we all have a different approach. I know my approach, you know, to the, 
last three studios I've been in the last two years, you know, is very different than most people. I, I live on a really, you could call it a very unorthodox radical level. Like for instance, I'll give you guys an example. Like I, um, I have a large collection of outboard gear right now. What, what are we at time wise? All right. So I've got a large, considerable portion of outboard gear. And I'll be very frank with you guys. Uh, full disclosure right here. When I bought a couple pieces of hardware, A, I didn't know how to use it properly. B, I really didn't understand signal flow that well. And C, I had a huge time of difficulty integrating it with... Um, my interface. There's latency. Oh, There's a bunch of stuff. Too many, not, too many variables to list. Yeah, too ridiculous. many variables to list. We'll just say that I thought, hey, I like this plugin. Uh, I want the hardware. It's inexpensive. I'm going to go buy it and start using it. And I'm just going to plug it in and get down to it. Nah, it doesn't work that way. So, you know, I took a position of some people would say, well, work with the tools you have and then, you know, pick selected tools that you want and then slowly incorporate those in your workflow. That's kind of like the Dom mentality. Dom does a lot of research. Um, he picks his stuff out. It's really works for him and it's great. Me, I'm kind of the opposite to where I'll read a lot around products. I'll see, Hey, that's kind of cool. I don't know if I need it or not. I'm going to get it anyways. So I'll pick it up. I'll slap it on a credit card. Not that I recommend you guys do that. Not a healthy way to go about things. Oh, you got to get a healthy, uh, case of debt, right? Oh, you got to be you, a uh, you have to. You have to uh, put it this way. If you're a guy that can handle debt, like I personally don't care about money. It's just a number on a screen to me. So if I'm looking at debt and it says X amount of dollars in debt, but I have really cool toys that I'm enhancing <laughs> my life with every day, I can totally justify it. Most people, the, the thought of being in debt is too scary for them. So they're like, I'll wait two years till I have the money. Then I'll buy that compressor. So do whatever's good for you. But the reason I'm sharing this is that um, I wanted to... My the way that I used to look at my music productions and my mixing is I said, okay, I want to get better. How do I do that? So I would get some plugins or I'd buy a piece of hardware and say, I need to learn how to use this. Yeah. I need to understand this. And even though it was like I didn't have the resources on hand, I felt that like learning things now would be way better for me and ex expedite my growth than waiting a year from now to when I could quote unquote afford that step yeah. of growth, you know? The first uh yeah, the first outboard um, piece of gear that I actually started using and implementing um, that I basically tried to wrap my head around, which I didn't know, like you, I didn't know how to use it at all. I didn't know what I was hearing. I was like, is this making this sound better? It was the Overstayer FET compressor. Oh, yeah. Super yeah. simple. Right. Just a few knobs. They're all pretty self-explanatory besides a couple. Um, but uh, yeah, so just having one around for a while that you don't even use um, very much, but you try to use all the right. time is priceless. Oh, absolutely. Cause then eventually you'll be like, that's what I was doing. Or that's what I was hearing. Or even that's what that knob does. You yep. know, yep. it's just crazy. Um, there's actually one better ones. Like I don't, what would be a really good starter compressor? Like the ART pro VLA. Too. Oh, that one. Yeah. Yep. It looks cool too. It looks, dude, I, it looks great. Like it's got VU meters on it. It's built really well. It's tubed. 
And if you if you switch out the China tubes that come with it for a pair of twenty five dollar twelve AX sevens, the tube circuit isn't like there's a pro way of making tube gear, and that doesn't do it. Well, I'm sure it, it's three hundred dollars. But it's called what pro do you expect? Art VLA. Yeah, but that's uh, that's probably yeah an acronym for something Over, that doesn't mean professional. Because yeah. <laughs> productive, I mean, right? <laughs> it is productive, pro- proficient, right? It is proficient, profound. Yeah. Like yeah, no, for sure. Um, Prominent, but it is the week we keep going going here um prolific proximity (laughs) um prolific that's a good one um yeah i think for me that's the first piece of gear that i really got and i got the pro mpa to the the mic pre Mm. because i was doing a lot of tracking and i gotta tell you you know it's like for a couple years i love the way it sounded it gave me something that software didn't i was outside the box turning knobs it was beautiful. And when people came in the studio, that was like a paying client or a friend, like, whoa, what's that? Because it looks like a yeah. $2,000 compressor. So you look like way cooler than you actually are but it's with only your like $300 toy. Right? Uh, yeah, it's 1500 <laughs> Yeah, per channel. Yeah. <laughs> per channel. Uh, per channel. So yeah, um, no, I think that was, that was really cool about getting into that. And, you know, for me, because I was in school and I was taking online classes, but I'll be honest, you know, I didn't get a lot out of my education. I got way more education in the studio late at night saying, why isn't this working or having to read a manual or having to troubleshoot or having to turn knobs up and down. We're like, am I hearing compression? Am I hearing saturation? You know, what exactly am I hearing? Why am I hearing it? Do I like it? Do I dislike it? You know, all those introspective questions that I went through for years in the studio. I mean, that was the biggest advantage. I mean, I, I, I'll never, I'll never, I'll never take that time back. I would do oh, it again absolutely. 20 times Knowledge over. is power with all this stuff. And yeah. being able to admit that you, you're growing and um, where you were in the past was a uh, Maybe not the best, but that's it's called growth. Yeah, our yeah. bodies do it, our minds do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And uh, if you want to be better, you have to be okay with it. Um, it's egos are just funny. Um, some people just you know it's just hard to grow. Yeah, and allow yourself to grow because you want to you want you want to pretend like you're the best you can be at any given moment, mm-hmm. and you are. I mean, that's a yeah, true you statement. Are. Yeah. You are the yeah. best you can be yeah. at any given moment, yeah. but. Um, thinking that uh you don't have the potential to be better because you are the best you're gonna you basically you're gonna plateau at that moment is uh pretty silly because you can grow your whole life well you just it's harder to allow yourself to later there's two phrases that i really like the first phrase is it is if you're not growing you're dying and it's just that simple if you think about a plant it either grows or dies or my grandpa that literally shrunk five inches boom there you go same thing right that was ba- probably is you know Uh, He's dying at that point. Yeah. Well, I mean, people say... I love you, you, Peepaw. Yeah, there's (laughs) Peepaw. He's still kicking it. I call him Nano, actually. Kick on. That's great. (laughs) That's totally great. I mean, mean, think about this. There's, There's two ways to look at life, even in this very moment. People could say that you're slowly dying, or people could say that you're evolving. You know, it's all about how you look at life. So it's like, if if you think about the grow or dying thing... what if God's changing you? Well... That's a whole different topic. We're not going to go into that, but we'll say he changes me every night. He takes my diaper off. Oh yeah, and uh, puts a new one on. Oh yeah, 
So that that's that's the the mythical man from the sky coming down and reaching <laughs> his, his large glowing. Ar- oh yeah, with his long beard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, God, it tickles me a little bit. There's always uh, there's like that's as you get older, that's the funniest thing that I think about childhood. Now that we're on the topic, is just the portrayal of God in the white flowing robe with the long white beard and the deep voice, and it's just well, that's and just, when he talks to me at night, is, that's is that, he is looks that like. how he looks? That's that's great. That's great. I love South Park's rendition right? of God. I was I was just gonna oh, say the Simpsons do a such a good one uh, too it's, it's like, so funny you look that's what you look like yeah what'd you expect me to look like it's just so perfect because it's you would have to be a true believer at that point to right get past the looks oh it'd be so perfect. i remember when the first when family guy introduced the character of jesus christ and peter is like some shit just goes down and peter goes jesus christ and like jesus pops yeah. into the screen all of a sudden he's like get the escalade <laughs> <laughs> that's an older one I that know, is an older one because yeah. i get that reference it's an older one right it was one of the the first times that yeah. jesus appeared in this show but yeah. i just thought that was so funny how he appeared he's like get the escalade just <laughs> so clutch um but no the other phrase was um it's by a spiritual writer by the name of mark gaffney really genius guy i mean he's got phds up the ass he's just dedicated his life to understanding like human nature and psychology and stuff. And he has this phrase, it's simple. It's just wake up, show up, grow up. So it's like, if you think about it, it's like, just just wake up to life. You know, it's like, be appreciative for your life, be aware of what's going on around you, like be skeptical, but at the same time, like understand, you know, what you need to do on a daily basis to be productive and function and then grow up, you know, get over your bullshit, get over your fears, get over your insecurities, like let go of what happened 10 years ago, which is preventing you from being the artist you want to be. Or maybe you have, you know, a fear of like releasing music or maybe you have a fear that music's not good enough, you know, whatever it might be, let that go. And then finally like show up and then show up in the studio, let go of all that stuff and just make music and do what you love. And I think if we all can remind ourselves to do that every day and just chip a little bit away off the block from our past and how we think and what's holding us back internally, you know, we can all be the artists that we are naturally, you know, from a very effortless level. And that's how our studios got to where they are today. That is correct. So we thank you for being with us on this this fine fine evening. While and Merry Dom and Christmas. I, Wait, actually, yeah. we'll no, no, it'll be because like it'll be what's today the twentieth. So this will be yeah, this will air in three days. Yeah. So this is this is our holiday special, Dom. We officially have a holiday special. I mean, it feels very holiday in here, but it um, does. I don't think we really did anything here. Oh, we don't have any sleigh bells around, do we? Uh, I have a jingle thing on the door. <laughs> I can I can <laughs> nah, go I'm run not. and get it. You can you can drop it in. Just dr- no, nah, I'm not gonna do that. Sound bite here. I don't actually spend time to make this podcast sound good. That's fine. I'm totally cool with that. Ugh, it's too we much sound so good, anyways, that you don't need to spend time on this podcast. Nah, yeah, sure, cool. All right, good enough. <laughs> Peace, All right, guys. people. Peace out. Later.